Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, of course, Sean McCormick. Go to OptimalPerformancePodcast.com. There's tons of discounts and cool stuff. Go check it out. If you haven't gone over there yet, go look at all of the discount codes on products like CBD oil from Jane, Blue Blocking Glasses from Blue Blocks, um, Pure Himalayan Shilajit, um, X3 bar. It's all there. So go check it out. Optimal performance podcast right now. Just slide over there on your phone, go look at it and, uh, pick up some cool stuff with, you know, big discounts. Uh, obviously it's been a little longer than I usually take to get out a new episode. Um, that's been a, for a couple of reasons, just, you know, I'm moving into my new place. We're getting settled in and, uh, have had, uh, my hands full. I'm sure you've had your hands full too. So, I am so stoked for today's episode because Paul Check is a legend. He is the founder of the Check Institute. He is a a one of the most informed persons on the planet when it comes to health and wellness and performance. I mean, he he uh, he's a he's a legend in movement. He's written tons of amazing books. He's got just tons and tons of YouTube content for videos that he's done. And his way of looking at the world is something that I really, really, really appreciate. And uh, you may remember a couple episodes back, Mike Salemi, who uh, was a kettlebell um, basically expert. And uh, he told about his work with Paul Check and how transformative it was, if it was. In this episode, we go more into the philosophical, uh, topical, um, sort of psychosocial aspects of wellness and of the world and thinking and thought and spirituality. And this episode is absolutely packed with cool stuff. Like I'm not exaggerating every single time he replies to a question or goes, goes off on, uh, on a point every single, it's like just, it's a tweetable comment after tweet. It's just tweet after tweet after tweet. It's just so packed. In fact, I've, I've listened to this episode three times already just because um, I've gone really slow and gone back and listened to things during the editing process. So in this episode, we cover topics from the coronavirus narrative. We start out really going hard uh, about the coronavirus narrative. Um, we, we talk about each human being as a cell in the body of one organism called humanity, which is a really cool concept, and we, and we go there for a while. We talk about how humans and, uh, are citizens of nature and of the planet. We talk about the change that we're going through and how uh, the ego can often be resistant to the changes that are uh, that are inevitable that are coming. Um, we talk about sickness and low energy and how it's harder to grow and harder to change when all your systems aren't working properly. Uh, we talk about the laundry list of things that we're addicted to believing these thought formations that uh, that are basically placed there for us. Um, uh, by us basically being brainwashed. We talk about the importance of natural farming techniques and our relationship with nature. I mean, packed, 
packed episode. Uh, a quick heads up, the, the sound quality is not awesome. Um, there was like a fan going on on his end, but it's not a big deal. It doesn't take away. I've turned it down a little bit, um, so it kind of deadens that out, but I just want to give you a heads up. And uh, I'm so excited to bring you this episode. Um, if you are curious about a an alternative way, an alternative way of thinking about what is going on in the world, who to trust, who not to, like what are the systems that suppress us? What are the systems that are um, not working anymore that we need to update? Now is the time to have so many of these conversations just as much as we can about how to change the world for the better, how to recover, how to fix the soil, how to treat each other. Uh, really incredible. I'm telling you, incredible episode, and I cannot wait to give it to you. Um, uh, I'll uh, halfway through the episode, I'm going to just note some sponsors that again make this podcast happen. And if you're still listening right now, I, I, I want to really, really ask you. I'm trying to grow this podcast, and um, there are so many of people. Uh, thousands of people just like you that listen to this every single episode, but have never left uh, a review on iTunes or have never like shared this with your friends, please. This episode is the perfect and most ideal episode to share with your friends. Because if you jive with some of the stuff that the guests that we've had, the, the conversations that we've been having over the last couple of months, this is the episode to share. So please, when this when you re- listen to this, share it. This is a good one. Like, pick one or two people that you really uh, that really dig that you want to like share some really great information with them that, that might help them change their mind or might enhance their worldview. Do it. I beg you. I beg you. Send this episode out. Uh, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Check. Paul Check, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thank you. My pleasure. I like to start with leaders in nutrition and fitness with the same question, which is, uh, what time is it where you're at and what have you put into your body today? Today it's 1.06 in the afternoon in beautiful Fallbrook, California. And so far what's been in my body is some uh, sauteed kale with onion, uh, chicken sausage, and some uh, black beans. No, uh, no nootropics, no coffee. I did have a shot of espresso this morning at about 5 a.m. I get up early so I can do my spiritual practices before everybody starts coming around and making noise and wanting me. And um, I had uh, two of my cider vinegar capsules from Paleo Valley, and I had uh, some chlorophyll, and I had... Uh, a joint support formula from Organifi. Ah, okay. And then what was uh, what what strain was in that vaporizer that you just puffed before we hit record? That was um, an organic smoke pipe mix called uh, Morning Mist with some Northern Shag tobacco, which I get. It comes from um, Denmark from the Stockaby company and they grow it without chemicals. So I like it because it's nice and clean and it, it's low nicotine as well. And you know, the vapor as you don't get so much nicotine, but um, it's kind of like a, a nice base for things. And I don't, I particularly like tobacco just because I like the effects of it. it just works for me. I, I feel very aligned with the tobacco spirit. So yeah, I do so much work all day writing and, podcasting and scripting and filming and I find tobacco really helps me um, 
keep my mind focused and in a nice flow. It does something similar to coffee, but I don't have nearly the kind of problems with tobacco that I would when, if I used, like I used to when I drank too much espresso. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, yeah, I like to keep around uh, mapacho, uh, Peruvian uh, jungle tobacco, and just use like a little tiny bit out of a out of a pipe that's just used obviously for that for that purpose. And then I also chew, chew some nicotine gum here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go straight for the for the big idea philosophical, and I know that you're up for it. <laughs> I hope you're up for it. Um, the, the deeper and the bigger, the more entertaining it is for me. Yes. Okay, then let's let's let her rip. How have your opinions changed with the world shifting in the last three months? What have you changed your mind about? Nothing. You remain consistent. My life hasn't changed at all. Um, it did throw us into a bit of a quagmire because right when the whole pandemic hit, we were just closing escrow on our new house and we had given notice to move out of my office, which was in a beautiful house on top of a mountain where I was at for eight years. And we had all the movement movers arranged and, and, and the, you know, we were like a few days from escrow and we got a call from our loan broker that said the loan agency that we got a loan approval from stopped all loans of that type until un, uh, no, to be announced because of the COVID pandemic. So we were in a serious quandary because uh, one, we couldn't pay the lady we were buying the house from and she needed the money to buy the house she was moving into. She had moved everything out of this house and had everything sitting there in trucks waiting for us to pay her and move in. And so it was just a friggin' wild ride, but, you know, we, long story made short, we just uh, had a chat about it and said, you know, what do we do? And Penny worked all night to put new paperwork together for an emergency lender. But in the end of it, just to show you how the universe works, um, we got a phone call about three days later from our loan broker who said we're, we were so embarrassed that this happened to you because you'd already qualified for your loan and had it in writing that you were approved for the loan. So technically it's illegal for them to not give you the money because they've already given you a written guarantee you've qualified for the loan. So the board of directors of the loan brokerage corporation got together and they funded us privately and they dropped our interest rate almost 2%, which lowered our mortgage payment almost two grand a month. Whoa! <laughs> wow! But you know that's a yeah. It was so it was really quite a, a blessing. And then we were really nervous that the economy might crash. We you know we went through the two thousand and eight stock market crash, which resulted in us getting about seven hundred thousand in debt. And I had to work my ass off, as all of us did, to kind of get our heads back above water. It took us about a year and a half to pay off all that debt and get back up again. So I thought, oh God, here we go. Here comes again. And um, so the thought of that was not exciting. But lo and behold, yeah. we had our, 
the, the, I think the first or second month of the pandemic, we had our third best month of sales in the history of the Institute. Yeah. So oddly enough, the pandemic has made people so much more aware of the importance of keeping healthy. It's just shot our business through the roof. But I'm way too hip to what's really going on to even, to, I just, the, what's changed for me, it hasn't changed at all, but what's happened is it's just made me feel even more sad for how brainwashed people are and how gullible they are and how little constructive thinking they do. You know, they believe anything they read or see without questioning it or doing any kind of research or looking at both sides of the equation. And so yeah. I watch all these people running around with masks on, afraid to hug, afraid to shake hands, afraid to live. And all the, you know, battles and families and suicide and, and, you know, all the job loss and all the crap that's going on. It's just, for me, it's just uh, sad because it just verifies my point. We don't have a government. We have a corporate headquarters. And, yeah. and we're really in a fascist regime that's controlling our media controlling our lives, trying to force us into vaccinations and all sorts of shit that is really organized crime and totally invades our rights as citizens of the United States. It goes against everything the Constitution stands for. So, you know, I think it's an important time because it's hopefully waking people up to what's really going on and to the fact that they've got to, as I often say, wake up, clean up, grow up and show up or they're going to just become chickens in a cage in a commercial farm getting fed some stupid little monthly payment like welfare while all the rich people just get filthy rich control everything and you know I've done so much research into this it just makes me want to vomit the further I go into it the more um, the more fascism I see and the more dangerous it looks and the more people like Bill Gates uh, who do a great job of pretending to be a humanitarian are really you know, the devil wearing plain clothes. And, and so, but no, you know, I'm hip to all this. I understand what viruses are. I've been, you know, I'm not a, a guy who sits around and, and doesn't look into stuff. So um, I think there's been a lot of great that's come out of it. And I think um, that the positives will outweigh the negatives if people wake up and get proactive instead of just, you know, numbing themselves with all the shit that they've been given specifically designed to keep them passive. I resonate with every single word of that. And it, what I'm learning as I continue to release podcasts and, and collaborate with like-minded people who are committed to the truth and who are not blinded by the media and that are taking their own health and biological freedoms in their own hands. And rather than eating Doritos, staying at home, wearing a mask and waiting for a vaccine, they're actually uh, doing what they can do to boost their immune system and stay healthy. Um, uh, I guess my question is, how, how do you see this rolling forward? You know, if this is, if, do, do you believe that this is the dark night of the Gaian soul in which we emerge on the other side of this 
um, transformed as a human entity? Like what is, is this like some big shift is that, that we are a part of and that it's happening? And if so, how much longer do we have to go through this charade? Well, some of those questions can't be answered because, you know, it's, it's a mystery. I mean, I've seen all sorts of experts showing actual government documents from all over the world showing this has been planned since as far back as 2011, 2013 documents, 2015 documents. Bill Gates patented a version of the coronavirus in 2015 and three months later went public saying there would be a pandemic sometime in the near future. Um, but to your other point, if you look at humanity as a whole and say each human being is like a cell in the body of one organism called humanity, we're really uh, right now going through puberty. We're, we're coming, we've, we've gone through childhood, now we're in puberty where we're waking up to the fact that we can't just behave like idiots, we can't cut the rainforest down, we can't keep poisoning the plant with chemicals, we can't trust scientists, we can't, I mean, we can't trust corporate scientists, uh, we can't trust the government, um, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. And so really I see this as a rite of passage where we're coming into our adulthood, and if we don't step into our adulthood and let governments and, and agencies like the CDC and, and all these other agencies and the AMA, etc., know that we are not just going to roll over and play dead and be told what we can and cannot do with our own bodies and our own children and our own families and our own space. And if we start standing up for things and say, look, you can't just put 5G phone systems in everywhere because they're toxic and dangerous and the research on that is just voluminous, but they keep on spin-doctoring it. And, and, you know, during the COVID pandemic, what a lot of people don't know is they were putting 5G phone systems in schools all over the world because they took advantage of getting everybody out of there to do it, hoping people wouldn't notice, which they're going to use for maximum security to monitor your every move. And, you know, the long, without going into a long list of it all, but, it, you know, I just interviewed Leslie Manukian, who's researched this very extensively, and she's on my podcast right now. So if you want a really nice look at what's going on, we get into it for almost three hours. And, um, you know, ultimately, we either have to step into our adulthood, which means an adult is someone who says what they mean and means what they say. An adult is someone who takes responsibility for what they're supposed to be responsible for, which is your house, your home, yourself your children, your relationships, your obligations. We can't be like these large corporations who do a shitty job and then get the taxpayers to bail them out so they can keep being morons. And people keep on putting up with it. Um, we've really got to start taking responsibility for knowing that there is no such thing as a political system, but we can vote with our dollars. We can choose to support organic farms and sustainable fuel sources and sustainable companies because if we don't start becoming aware that we're citizens of nature, we're citizens of the planet, and we can't keep just buying shit and living an illusion that separates us from the sphere of nature itself, such as 
Food will always be in the store. We can build any kind of electronic systems we want. We can spend piles of money on a military system that's not doing anything but contributing to the destruction of the planet. We can keep burning fossil fuels indefinitely. You know, there's so much going on that's so absolutely dangerous that we're really behaving like a 17-year-old drinking too much alcohol, driving a car that's uh, too fast for its driving skill, and doing dangerous things that get people hurt. And so, really, I see this as a, a psychologically as a rite of passage where we either come together and we stop playing stupid games with nationalism, which is really nothing but lines written on a piece of paper. We have to realize we all need each other, and we all have things that each other needs. There's almost 2 billion people in the world right now that don't have clean water, food, or even a place to call home. So how can we sit around? Well, two billion people are starving to death and being treated as though they don't even exist while we're smoking pot and watching silly movies on television. When we have the resources, I mean, Bill Gates wants to do something, rehabilitate the soils, rehabilitate the education system, rehabilitate the fucking medical system. And instead of spending $2 trillion on a stimulus package, which only comes back to you in taxes anyhow, it's not help at all. It's a loan from the government that you'll be paying huge interest on. So the same very corporations that are shafting you make more money off of you. But if that $2 trillion was actually spent to educate the public as to what's the primary cause of chronic disease and how to eat real food, and if we put incentives out for organic and biodynamic farmers and uh, regenerative agriculture, and we brought people into an awareness of the intimacy that we have with the earth, the importance of clean water, taking care of the oceans, rehabilitating the topsoil. Current research shows we only have about 50 to 65 years of topsoil left. That means nothing's gonna grow anymore. Current research by entomologists has shown that in the last 50 years, bug traffic around the world has dropped 75% which is largely tracked back to the use of farming chemicals and industrial chemicals. And people don't realize that insects are the sex organs of this planet. So we're very, very close to actually castrating nature, which will put mm. us into the biggest crisis ever because we will no longer be able to grow food. So most people are just too caught up in the rat race to really realize what's going on, which I've been lecturing on for a very long time. I mean, I published, yeah. I published How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy in 2002, and right in there I show the importance of the soil, organic food, yeah. organic farming, what the cycle of life is, why you've got to be careful what you put in your mouth, tons of stuff that is only now becoming popular. At right. any level, I was talking about, I mean, I started lecturing professionally in 1988, talking about all sorts of the things that people weren't paying attention to that people are only now waking up to. Yeah. I'm finding th through my own communities, through, well, community is sort of a loaded term because the community uh, that I'm in now, so I, I just picked up and moved my family from the suburbs of Seattle out to the islands of the Puget Sound on two acres. Nice. Uh, I had to, it was time. Uh, you know, Troy, Troy, Troy Casey just moved. You're, you just moved. I just moved. Uh, I know, I know, you know, the name Drew Canoli just moved. Oh, of course I know. Drew. 
who sponsors my podcast. He's a friend of yeah. mine. Yeah. So, I, you know, community is, is a different term. It's time to move. It's time to change. It's time to prepare for for those of us that that are seeing what's 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 up what's upon us. It's time to move. And my you know my kids are going to go to a Waldorf school next year. That's where my um, kids I know you, Yeah, I know that you're. A, I, I I I should have assumed that. I know that you're a Steiner uh, a Steiner fan student. Um, but yeah. So community is a little different. You know that the neighbors that are now an acre and a half away that have. 10 chickens and enough food to feed themselves, uh, for, you know, the next year and a half growing in their yard. That's a different community than the community I'm experiencing online. But what I'm experiencing in my community online is that there's a lot of people that are either resistant to change, you know, hear no evil, see no evil, don't want to recognize what's happening or just can't yet. And I wonder, yeah, go ahead. Before we get Paul's reply to that question, I just want to have two quick announcements. Please don't skip these. This is useful information. If you do not have uh, these two things in your life, you're going, you're, uh, you're missing out. Honestly, um, two of the most important biohacking uh, pieces of equipment that I have in, in that I've ever had in my life. Number one, blue blocks. Blue blocking glasses are absolutely essential. There's just no getting around it. It's, it's the most common thing that these experts in the world talk about. All my guests talk about sleep being the most important thing. You know, circadian rhythms are governed and entrained by natural light and dark cycles. Blue light from the sun during the day tells our body clock that it's daytime and to keep cortisol levels high, which is great for feeling active. When the blue light disappears after the sunset, then it sets another message to our body clock our circadian clock to advise it that now is nighttime and to stop producing cortisol and start producing melatonin now we're just totally glued to screens right and um it's disrupted the circadian rhythms that are that we have evolved with and we work indoors during the day and we have to block the light, the artificial light that is going to in, intrude our sleep. And the best way to do that is through blue blocking glasses, especially the Sleep Plus glasses, which are absolutely, absolutely game changers. And I've, you know, there's a bunch, bunch of my family members and friends and a bunch of you guys that have, that have taken me up on, on this offer. If you go to blueblocks.com and use the code OPP, you get 15% off. Um, it's, they're, they're actually really cool looking frames. They're stylish and, and interesting. And, uh, um, yeah, you should go blueblocks.com and use the code OPP for 15% off. And then also announcement number two, X3 bar. The X3 bar is a, it, 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 I work out an hour a week. I'm in the best shape of my life. There are so many people that are catching on to this and, and the inventor of X3 bar, John Jaquish, he's going to come back on the episode soon to talk about, um, his new book. The X3 bar system, which is bands with this awesome bar, takes 10 minutes to work out. Literally, that's all it takes. And you put on this lean muscle mass. And I've, I've actually combined it with another product he makes, which is an amino acid compound called Fortigen, which is like um, way more bioavailable than meat. It's got a, it, it, it's better at protein synthesis. I take it every single night. They've got this nice berry flavor. Anyway, um, X3 bar, it's a, it's, it's, it is a game changer and going to the gym is either not an option for you or you haven't done it in a while. Um, when you use the code OPP at checkout, you get $50 off. It is an insane piece of equipment. It's the last piece of exercise equipment you'll ever need. Okay. Back to the show. Well, I was going to say that's the nature of an ego. The ego hates change. It resists change because the ego 
loves to create the illusion of safety, security, and control. So anytime change is about, it's a real threat to the ego. That's why spiritual practices that are legitimate are so minimally used because any legitimate spiritual practice is the practice of dissolving the ego. How else would you really realize the truth of yourself? I define spirituality as connection to a progressively larger whole. The ego is only focused about I, me, and mine. But the truth is none of us can exist alone. None of us can exist without relationships. None of us can exist without food, water, air, warmth, shelter, safety, love, connection, communication, relationship. So the ego is really a programmed illusion that allows us to have a sense of self, which is essential because without an ego, you can't experience love or relationship. If you had no ego, you wouldn't know the difference between me and you. That's why infants shit all over the place and pee all over the place because they think the couch is their body, the floor is their body. They don't have any, they don't have any sense of a the difference. They're just fused in with everything and what would be mm. called in consciousness, um, in the levels of consciousness, magical consciousness, which is what we were like when we were living in the wild for you know, untold hundreds of thousands of years. Um, so we were brothers and sisters with the plants and the animals and the trees, and we knew them intimately, but we didn't see ourselves as higher or lower or anything other than another being existing in nature. And so, um, you know, change also takes energy. And most people's health is so poor, they don't have the energy to take care of themselves and meet the basics, which is why the medical system is so profitable and why it's not a medical system. It's a disease maintenance system because that's how they make money. They don't make money when people are getting better. Just like the church doesn't make money when people become enlightened. So they got rid of psychedelics and they tried to kill off all the mystics that told the truth about what God is. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> you might wonder how I did that while talking. <laughs> um, it's because I have an amazing wife that makes great smokes. So, anyhow, people are very resistant to change, and anytime someone enters into a, a shamanic journey, a medicine ceremony with a real plant medicine, be it, you know, mushrooms, ayahuasca, LSD, DMT, mescaline, whatever, peyote, um, you know, uh, any of the number of dis ego dissolvers, the ego starts doing backflips and it gets very, very scared because the ego cannot handle anything it can't control and ultimately for the ego going into an experience that it doesn't know the outcome is the experience of death right so people actually would rather die doing what they think they can control which is what they've always <sighs> done which is what they've been brainwashed to do than shed the skin and this is why in in shamanic realms and and in ancient folklore, you see the symbolism of the snake so often because the snake sheds its skin, which is a symbol of rebirth and regeneration. We've got to shed our skin. 
And for mm. a lot of people, it feels like to do that is more like being skinned, but they don't realize that if you don't get rid of the skin of bad habits that are not congruent with what it takes to live in an ecosystem and be respectful that we're only a part of a very large chain of being called the great chain of being that goes from the minerals all the way to the dolphins, the whales, the human beings, and the higher forms of animal life, then we are being not only disrespectful, but absolutely extremely rude and disrespectful to what supports our very own existence. So when you get an ego that's so encapsulated, it's willing to destroy what supports it. Well, it's no different than having a, a parent that is an alcoholic that drives drunk and gets their family killed. And then everybody <laughs> makes excuses about, oh, poor guy, you know, poor, but they don't realize that person has been foregoing their responsibilities to their family. And instead of getting legitimate help has been uh, addicted to a bottle. Well, we're addicted to the bottle of, of uh, welfare. We're addicted to the bottle of uh, being told what to do. We're addicted to the bottle of turning our problems over to doctors and therapists and not getting involved in them ourselves. We're addicted mm. to believing that pills will fix us. We're addicted to believing that supermarkets will always have food in them. We're addicted to believing that the people that make our food, make our medicines, actually do care for our best interests. We're addicted to believing that the government has our best interest at hand. But these are such infantile, childish beliefs that anybody that spends any time looking into them is usually first duly shocked at what they find. Mm. By the law, we don't even have to pay taxes, but they've got that scam going so well that everybody believes it to the point that if you don't pay your taxes, they'll come down on you and ruin your life. But if you really had a good enough lawyer, enough money to fight it, you could beat it because it's not in the constitution that we have to pay taxes. That was a strategy introduced by people like Rockefeller and others to just keep getting richer and richer. And funny, they have all sorts of scams. So they don't pay taxes at all. <laughs> right. Right. So for the people that are, that are vibrating with this, right? For the people that are that are that are hearing this, that's resonating with them. Mm -hmm. You know, you for 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 that my are awake. Yes. Well, even the people that are beginning to awake, that that understand the truth of what you're saying, at least at least at face value, they don't feel it, they don't know it, they maybe have never experienced it, but they're but they're 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 listening and they're understanding. For those folks. And I'm thinking about the people that I'm, you know, getting into fights with every single day on social media as I post anti-mask memes, anti-vaccine memes every single day on Instagram and Facebook and just going to fisticuffs with people, um, you know, speaking the same language that you are. For the people that, that, that don't have access to coming of age transformational practices, you know, like plant medicine or, uh, you know, wh where, where do they start? I mean, duh, they start by going outside and getting some sun on their skin, but you know what I mean? Like how can, how can, how can they speed that process up? Well, it's no, it's known very, very well. Ken Wilber has done research on this people at lower levels of consciousness and, and to explain it fully would take quite an explanation, but for example, when they look at people that 
practice fundamentalist forms of religion, such as fundamentalist Islam, fundamentalist Judaism, fundamentalist Christianity, research shows that when you present them with scholarly evidence or scientific evidence to show them that their beliefs are incorrect, they will not change because they're part of a belief system and all belief systems are by definition closed systems. Belief systems are inherently closed because if you can't define the belief system, then how do you know what to believe? For example, in my nutrition and lifestyle coaching program, I teach six foundation principles, which are nutrition, hydration, and sleep. Those are the feminine yin principles, breathing, thinking, and movement are the masculine. If you don't have those in balance, you will become a sick person. You will spend your money and your time trying to figure out how to get rid of some chronic illness or disease, and you'll die. So that would be the fundamentalist views of the Czech system, that you must be conscious of nutrition, hydration, sleep, breathing, thinking, and movement. And it takes quite a, a time to train people in the depth of how to apply those as therapists, coaches, and doctors. So the point I'm making is that fundamentalist, fundamentalism's real function in any belief system is to maintain the key principles that ultimately the founders found essential to achieving the objectives of the religion or the belief system. The problem is, is that our culture is brainwashed into the fundamentalism of a few very wealthy corporations that make tremendous amounts of money by brainwashing us to believe that we need doctors, that we, that allopathic medicine, or that allopathic medicine is the only way, and things like homeopathy, acupuncture, and natural medicines are bullshit, while at the same time, mm. they're trying to pass laws all the time to limit our access to that stuff because it goes against their business model. Right. So the point that I'm making is the actual function of fundamentalism is to maintain a set of principles and practices that the founders found essential to achieving enlightenment or to um, being an effective practitioner. I mean, if you get a license in anything, you're basically getting the fundamental training that you get tested on. If you want to be a doctor, you got to pass the fundamentals and demonstrate skill at the fundamentals of being a physician. To be a physical therapist, you must meet the fundamental requirements, etc. But when what people don't know because they don't understand the science of brainwashing is that belief systems that are really designed to make money, such as what I call corporate religion, not true religion, they build in what are called defense memes. So a meme is an idea. So things go better with Coke is a meme. Hmm. Is it true? No. If you have an infection, you have to take an antibiotic. Is it true? No. Okay, so those are memes. If you don't take the antibiotic, you might get sick and die. That's a defense meme. If you don't follow the Ten Commandments, you'll burn in hell. That's a defense meme. If you don't take Jesus as your Savior, you will not be saved, and some terrible fate is waiting for you. Yet when you ask a person like that, well, I got a question for you. What happens if you were raised in China or some other country and you've never heard of Jesus your entire life, but you've lived an honest, loving life and done your best as a human being? Do you still have to go to hell? Many of them will tell you, yes, that's their fault. Yeah. 
right? right. So there's a defense meme. So all yeah. systems of brainwashing turn people into control bots and they put offense memes. See, if you're a good Christian, you get to go to heaven and be with God. But if you sin and you don't repent and you don't absolve those sins within the context of Christianity, you're going to burn in hell and, you know, Dante's Inferno is upon you. So the real challenge is whenever somebody's been programmed with a belief system that has defense means, you have to find a way to help them see that the dream of living the life that they want to live isn't being delivered to them. Yeah. And that what they're really looking for is only available by changing certain beliefs or behaviors that ultimately enhance your ability to live and love and, and experience the life you want to live. Yeah. But what do you do when you've got the most expensive medical system in the world that ranks 37th with right. regard to how healthy the people are worldwide? That should be a glaring neon light, like a nuclear <laughs> bomb going off in the sky, like 24-hour fireworks. Yet people keep paying into it and they keep voting for presidents that keep doing the same shit without realizing those aren't presidents. Those are the leaders of a group of corporations that are the ones that own your media systems, that are controlling your media, that are stopping you from telling the truth. As Leslie right. Manukian says, I said, how do you, I asked her this question, how do you determine what's really true out there? She goes, whatever you have to keep secret or they won't let you talk about. Hmm. So if you talk about the importance of looking into vaccinations and waiting till we have studies that compare non-vaccinated with vaccinated, and until we can prove that the vaccinations are effective with solid scientific studies that are not run by people that are owning the drugs and the vaccines. Yeah. So you see, that's got to be kept secret. And as soon as you start talking like that, they get rid of you. So therefore, it points yeah. directly to the truth. The truth is whatever they're right. trying to hide. Right. Right. So the answer is, in my opinion, the only way we can get through this Smokes and tobacco, just kidding, <laughs> is to identify what it is that we all need together because all of our dreams depend upon it. If you want to be a great athlete and you want to fly airplanes and you want to run your business and you want to be a housewife and you want to be a school teacher and you want to be an artist, you want to be a musician, you want to be a poet, you want to be a painter, you want to be a builder, you want to be a lawyer. Every one of those dreams depends on a healthy ecosystem. Every one of those de mm -hmm. dreams depends on clean water. Every one of those dreams depends on keeping the ocean healthy. Every one of those dreams depends on fresh air to breathe. Every one of those dreams depends on not overheating the planet unnecessarily by the unnecessary use of fossil fuels, which is a massive, mm -hmm. massive industry, right? But right. people are so conditioned, they're like Pavlovian dogs that don't, have enough brain power to realize that what they thought gave them the American dream is actually now causing the American nightmare, which is also a world nightmare because we've infected yeah. China with this industrial pursuit. We've infected India with, we've infected the whole world with consumerism. 
the myth of our day is consumerism, and it's breaking down because we're extracting the resources from nature far faster than she could regenerate herself, and we're poisoning her while we're doing it. And the Mother Earth is a living being. It's a living, breathing ecosystem. And it has an immune system which has been kicking on, which is why we're seeing weird weather patterns and places now say that they can't even tell what season it is. We're having earthquakes, tsunamis. We're having all these things going on, which is the immune system of the planet. But when Mother Earth has to balance herself, well, do you want to be around when she vomits or, or gets <laughs> diarrhea? Right? <laughs> right? Or starts well, shivering when... and shaking or overheating with a fever. Well, we're right. inducing that's... that. Right. That's when, uh, that's when uh, the floods happen and, and, and Lemuria uh, sinks, into the, sinks into the ocean and she, she reboots her, her system. That's the, and <laughs> she'll be, see, see, here's she, the thing. She'll be just fine without us. She'll be fine. Yeah, but she'll be fine. But we won't be fine without her. <laughs> so the answer to your question, right. in my opinion, the only way to initiate change is a massive worldwide education program that informs people of the real status of our soils, the real status of our oceans, the real status on the levels of pollution we're creating through consumerism and unconscious use of resources. The real status of things like oxygen levels and pollution in the air. Those things we all need. And who's yeah. the largest polluters? It's the major big corporations. Who's dumping billions of gallons of oil in the ocean? It's the oil companies. But we have free energy technologies we can use the zero point field. But those people take those patents and bury them and even execute the people that own them if they won't give them up. Why? Right. So they can keep making trillions of dollars. So what we have is a real paradigm because we have a large percentage of our population that is a scientific materialist paradigm. They're in the religion of materialist yes. science. And those people see the world as nothing but objects. They, right. think, they think, oh, we've got to go to biotech. Oh, we've got a faster, better way to farm. We'll just spray the chemicals, kill all the bugs. Yes, dumb fuck. The bugs are the farmer's report card. That's well known in organic and biodynamic farming. The more of a bug problem you have, the shittier of a farmer you are. And the more yeah. you need to study the bugs, they're teaching you something. We spray right. Roundup all over the freaking globe, and now it's ruining people's microbiomes and creating metabolic syndrome and destroying people's health. Okay, good. So what you've done is you've taken what's designed as a weed killer, but if you study soil science, Weeds are actually the plants that balance the soil, and there's two classes of weeds, broadleaf and narrowleaf weeds. Each produces different minerals in the body of the weed, so when the weed dies, it actually balances the soil. So we have this big problem with weeds because we're shitty farmers, so we create weed killers and destroy the soil. And research shows the average American farming family completely and utterly destroys 7,000 acres in the life of that family to a desert. We are growing hmm. the deserts of this planet to the point that we're destroying the entire ecosystem. Why? For people to make lots of money. Yeah. A handful of people who don't want to look at the truth because it stops them from making the kind of money, but the same ingenuity that came up with the chemicals and the same computers and the same minds 
put to the task of balancing the environment and coming up with viable things to sell. Look, not too many years ago when we had a huge oil spill, millions of gallons, somebody with real smarts in biology came up with a solution and they developed bacteria in a lab that would eat oil. And so they put bacteria into the ocean that actually catabolized and ate up the oil to clean it up. Well, there you go. That's intelligent, right? <laughs> so the reality of it is if we just work with the principles of nature instead of trying to overconsume, so we can have fancy cars and fancy phones and fancy clothes and live this illusion that the earth is nothing but dirt, rocks, and totally something we can do whatever the hell we want with. If we keep that up, we're dead. Yeah. Right? So the problem is our education system is actually so rooted in scientific materialism that they themselves educate kids from the ground up to be part of this paradigm, which all goes back to the belief if you can't weigh it and measure it, it doesn't exist. But the problem is how do you weigh and measure love and what is your life like without it? Hmm. Right? And the problem with the scientific materialist paradigm is if you follow that cosmology backwards, it goes to the Big Bang. But nobody knows what started it. Nobody knows what's behind it. Right? Mm, yeah. So the reality of it is, they're on no firmer a footing than religion is that they create <laughs> the illusion yeah. of objectivity. But if you right. study science, science changes all the time. I've been doing this right. for 36 years. I can show you over and over again that what was believed as fact 10 years ago is now completely wrong, right? right. So, but when people right. lock onto ideas and believe them as facts without, without realizing science is actually no different than religion, it's changing its facts and its truth constantly, yeah. then they fall into the trap of believing what they were taught in school 10, 15, 20 years ago, although the real scientists are light years ahead of that, but now they're coming to us, like, look, Walter Russell in 1927 wrote a document, which I have in my library, that's about 200 pages, saying this is what you need to be aware of if you start using nuclear power for weapons and energy sources. And he warned that it could destroy the planet and, and gave very elaborate descriptions. They completely ignored him. Not... During the Bush administration, something like 150 or 160 scientists signed a petition together saying that we must immediately balance the ecosystem, clean the soils, the water, the air, or we're heading for a major catastrophe. And the total cost they estimated to really get this thing done decently was only $6 billion. The United States government said they couldn't afford to do it, but they spent something <sighs> like... I don't know, 170 or some crazy ass trillion dollars a year on a defense budget, right? So you see, this is why it's said throughout antiquity, money is the root of all evil. Well, money yeah. doesn't buy you love and money doesn't, you know, help you breathe and money doesn't um, feed plants and balance the ecosystem. Point being is you can't eat money. You can't yeah. live off of money. Because really what we need is we need each other's intelligence and we need each other's genius and we need each other's help and we need each other to be educated as to who and what we really are and what we really depend on. So the point I'm making is the only way out of this is to spend 
as much money as we do on shit television and bogus science to give people at least enough information to make an adult informed decision. Another big problem is our education system does not teach us how to think. It programs us as to what to think. Yeah. Okay? We need to teach our populace how to actually think constructively. Quantum physicist David Bohm makes a very important point. He says real thinking is hard work. That's why most people just rearrange their prejudices and call it thinking. <laughs> and therein lies the real problem because their prejudices are bought, paid for, and programmed into them by the religious systems that they're in that are corporate entities. The Vatican's one of the richest corporations, if not the richest corporation in the world. Anybody that does research can figure that out for themselves. The Christian church is one of the most successful business models in the world. But a few years back, I was doing research into who are the biggest polluting corporations in the world. And of the top 100 corporations that were considered to be the most dangerous polluting corporations, 95% of them were made of board members that were largely Christians. Well, Christians have been taught to believe that the earth is some kind of a way station and, he, and Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and they got punished and they had to come down here and toil in the rocks and thorns forever. But if you're really good, you get to leave here and go to heaven. So they don't right. see the world as the Garden of Eden. They don't see the world as a place to live and love fully. They see the world wow. as some place that you have to get the hell out of and who cares what you do with it while you're here because you're going to die. Then you get to go to heaven. So we've got wow. this whole religious imprint it doesn't see the world as spiritual. It doesn't see the world as the source of our own existence, our own embodiment. Hmm. And there you have the religious roots of a scientific materialist underpinning, which doesn't think it's religious, but doesn't realize it's acting out a cultural imprint, which is a religious imprint, all of which is based on the daddy figure in the sky they will always take care of you if you're a good boy or a good girl. And now we have the Bill Gateses of the world and the Donald Trumps in the world and the presidents and the leaders all doing the same thing. They're, they right. just, the doctors and the, and the political figures have just taken over for the priests. And these scientists wearing their white jackets are still seen as the priests. So people just do what they're told without questioning it. And they take vaccinations that destroy their children and they take drugs that destroy their health. And they do surgeries that they don't need. And they pay taxes on stuff that they don't realize they're funding war efforts that look like real threats, but it's really just the United States government stealing oil and resources all over the world. That's one of the main reasons I got the hell out of the military. When I learned what, what I was really putting my life on the line for, I realized I was working for a bunch of fucking crooks. I said, I can't fucking do this. I'm not going to do this. I got to go do something meaningful in the world instead of... Mm destroying people just to steal their oil and their resources. Hmm. So fundamentally, it all boils down to education and the realization yeah. that we all need each other because we each have something the other one needs. Every one of us is yeah. a genius. We all have a genius. Yeah. You have a genius. I have a genius. My kids have a genius. And the genius that's in us has the solution for the problems. And... We don't need lines on paper. We don't need nationalism. What we do need is the realization that 
Each country has some kind of resource that the rest of us need. That's what trade is all about. And if right. we say, okay, what do we all need to do together to get the garden healthy so we can all play and the kids can play and we can, we can work together, grow together, and develop ourselves mentally, emotionally, and spiritually together to realize who and what we really are instead of just a bunch of people working their asses off till they die and wish they'd actually lived. Yeah. You know, you know to get you into the mindset of these super rich people, take this quote from J. Paul Getty. Far better is it to get 1% from 100 men than 100% from one man. Why? Because hmm. if that one man gets sick or dies, you got no money. But if you can bleed people slowly like a mosquito, the problem is now we're getting bled by governments, now we're getting bled by medical systems, now we're getting bled by insurance companies, now we're getting bled by taxation, now we're getting bled by religions, now we're getting bled by belief systems, now we're getting bled by the military industrial complex, the farming and commercial food industry. We're getting bled out. And most people work so hard to try to pay for this fact that they don't realize that they're using consumerism as a form of medication for not living mm. a real life, that we're basically running ourselves into a level of debt that's unprecedented and a level of debt in, e in, the, in the ecological resources, which are, you can't put a value on the soil, the water or the sky, or on our relationships with each other. And, and for those folks who are, you know, for, for many of us who are like, you, you know, talking about that ego, uh, that ego transition, like they're, they're not, they're not seeing the big picture. They, they're, they're having trouble changing. They don't have the energy to energy to change. They don't have the energy to think they don't have the energy to step outside their assumptions and their programming that I got you know, that I got that you, I, I'm not sure what sort of um, education you got as a kid, but you know, I got, I, I did Christopher Columbus in public school and, and folks are not, it's too much work. It's well, too Columbus much. Christopher Columbus was actually quite a thief himself. Ex of course. Exactly. Right. All of the great exactly. pioneers of the ocean were pirates. I've studied right. the, the biographies of many of them. They went and raped yeah. and pillaged and, and claimed as their own the territories of natives all over the world. The Christian church is study the history of the Crusades. Islam's full yeah. of it. Christianity's full of it. This is, this is all, uh, this is basically all based on the concept that I'm willing to do anything to get ahead, no matter who I have to kill, step on, or destroy. And that yeah. mindset is what is driving the people at the top of the food chain, like Bill Gates right. and Fauci and all these people that are now telling you what you must do, telling you to wear masks. And that's the worst thing you could actually do if you want to have a healthy yeah. immune system. Stay inside. Social distancing. Don't share love and connection. Everything that psychoneuroimmunology has taught us that you have to do to have a healthy immune system is exactly the opposite of what they're telling us. And... They're also basing it on the germ theory, which is terribly wrong. Yes, and they're not even right. telling you the truth of how viruses actually work. Viruses are not living things. Viruses are pieces of information released by the environment whenever there's a crisis. Steiner taught that viruses released by any organism that was sick or dying as a means of informing the others 
organisms in the area how to upregulate their genes or their internal systems to protect them against whatever was killing people. Right. right. So, <laughs> you see, to make a virus into a villain is to not understand the truth of what a virus is. And that's why I love Zach Bush, because he says, look, this, what we're having isn't a viral problem. It's an environmental problem. And whenever the environment starts breaking down, viruses are released to put information into our cells that help upregulate our genes to know how to survive the environment. But the problem is we're the ones destroying the environment. Right. So, so we don't want to survive the environment. We need to change the environment. Does does that does that presuppose that 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 this virus this strain of whatever is is a natural occurrence or or was it man made in a lab splicing together AIDS and SARS into a super weapon? Well, here's the problem. There's many different variations on the coronavirus. I think Bill Gates Bill Gates has a patent on I think coronavirus fifteen. This is coronavirus 19, but SARS was a coronavirus. Right. Coronavirus is, is a class of virus that's been around for a long time. And generally, the only people that get negatively affected by them are people that are already highly susceptible, like overweight, unhealthy, and sick people, which we have a world full of them because they're highly profitable. We actually yeah. have a food system, an education system, and a medical system that makes people sick for a living. Right. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. So yeah. The, yes, there might have been some engineered viruses thrown in the mix. There's plenty of that going on. But the reality of it is, is that that's just another form of evil being practiced by people with the same mindset we just got done talking about. But the real reality is that that threat is not nearly as big as the global threat we've created by the destruction of the environment and the human right. hubris that we are the king of nature and can do whatever the hell we want with it. Right. So there's right. many potential compounding sources happening at one time. But there's reports from all yeah. over the world that since the lockdown has happened, areas that were previously dead, rivers, streams that had nothing in them but death are now growing back. Yeah. There's just, just with a few months of rest, Mother Nature's kicking back to gear and turning herself on. So the paradox right. of it is, is that those of us that are paying attention realize, well, as ugly as this thing looks, it's Mother Nature allowing whatever has to happen for her to get a rest. And if that means locking people in houses and wearing masks and not driving cars and growing broke, so what? It might be what leads to our survival, which is right. paradoxically the opposite of what the people inducing it want. And the other thing is, is that this whole pandemic is waking people up to listen to people like you and I right now and going, oh, right. holy shit, I've been fed a bill of goods. And, you know, yeah. I got out of school in the ninth grade because the one thing that drove me nuts about school teachers, they couldn't answer my questions most of the time. Right. And so I'm like, what's the point of going to school if nobody can answer my questions? I had the same problem in a Christian church. I would ask questions about God or Jesus or whatever because... Things were confusing. Even as an eight-year-old, I could see what you're saying doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, how can you tell me God is love, but at the same, in the next breath, I'm singing onward Christian soldiers marching off to war with the cross of Jesus going on. With Jesus, if Jesus was who you said he was, the last thing he'd be doing 
is supporting a war effort. He's the guy that said, if someone hits you, turn the other cheek and to love thy enemy as thyself. He didn't say go murder people and take their resources and rape and pillage their women and do nasty things to their children, which is exactly what the Christian crusades are full of in the name of God. Yeah. You know, so to me, I was smart enough as a kid to be very concerned about the fact that adults themselves weren't asking the questions that were natural to me. Right. So I educated, I got out of school and educated myself by finding people that I thought were intelligent. And I knew they were intelligent because they could at least ask, answer my questions. <laughs> yeah. Paul, I, I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know that you're jumping right into another, another podcast in one minute. Um, thank you. Okay. You know, well then, then, then I want to ask one more, one more question. Um, yeah. it's a fill in the blank question. Yeah. I, I'm going to listen to this a thousand times because okay. there's so much in it and it, and you've been so consistent for such a long time. And, uh, I, I'm, I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity to, to, to be able to sit with you and chat with you and, and hear your wisdom and, and shout it out from the fucking rooftops, man, because it now is the time for people to really push themselves out of their comfort zone. Well, before you so, ask the question, I want to address yeah. what you said earlier. Yeah. You don't want to get into battles with people about the vaccination stuff. That doesn't work. All that does, if you study a belief system, all that does is reinforce the belief system. Hmm. If they get pissed off at you, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to want to exterminate you. What you do is you ask them deeper questions that if they answer them honestly, awakens them to what they need to see for themselves, and you give them resources. You say, look at this study. Read this book. Listen to this podcast. All I'm asking is that you look at both sides of the equation because if you don't look at the information on both sides, it's impossible to make an informed decision. And because right. I love people, I love life, and I love nature, I think it's important for us all to be mature enough to make informed decisions because if we're not making informed decisions, we're not thinking. And if we're not thinking, we're susceptible to what happens to people when they don't think and they have a lot of power in their hands. And Donald Trump yeah. is an example of that. Right. So you see the importance of that. You, you're not going to want to, if I was to punch you in the nose and say, now let me give you a lesson in food, you'd say, <laughs> fuck you, I want to punch you back, you prick. So, you know, it's very important when we're talking to these people that are trapped in a paradigm to have empathy for them. Because when I walk yeah, down yeah. the street and I see fat, sick people everywhere, I don't go, look at that fat pig, what a bastard. I go, oh my God, can you imagine the misery that person must be in and how yeah. sad is it? They're probably doing the best they can do every day, but they're getting bad advice every day. And that's why right. I wrote the book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy, to at least give people a fighting chance. Right. So when we realize that these people are just as human as we are, and they have just as much rights to live in love as we do, but they're misinformed, and they've been brainwashed, yeah. then we, we should approach them the same way we'd approach one of our children that came home with a bad idea in it from Sunday school. <laughs> And thinks it's going to burn in hell because it touched his genitals or something. Right. Yeah. Well, I thank you for that. Thank you for that reminder. Um, and, and and that that does reinforce. It, it is a very good reminder <laughs> uh, because it does reinforce 
the importance of what I'm doing here. It does reinforce the importance of, of, of encouraging people to look at the whole picture and different sides. Um, you know, listening to Dell Bigtree for 10 minutes talk about vaccines and the lack of scientific research uh, on safety is enough to like at least have somebody sort of think in a little bit of a different way. You know, um, I'll so give you, I'll give you a, a, a very powerful spiritual technique for your own growth and development and for everyone listening. Whenever you're facing a real challenge of any type, someone's upset you, someone's being rude to you. You can see the world going to hell in a handbasket because people are brainwashed. Your wife's upset at you. Hold still long enough to ask yourself this question. What would love do now? If you act with an honest answer, whatever your answer is, if it's honest, no matter what happens, you'll know you've done your best in this situation. It's not your responsibility to make people change. But if you honestly act with love, realizing that you're the parent to anybody that has less knowledge than you, relatively, then you need to act, we all need to act as good parents for lost, confused people because they're our children. They may know a lot more than us about accounting or about whatever it is that they do, but when it comes to the things that are relevant to the discussion of keeping us all healthy and all safe, those of us with knowledge on nutrition, hydration, sleep, breathing, thinking, and moving that other people need, need to realize when it comes to those foundation principles, we are their parents. And so it's important for us to act toward them with the same love and respect that we would act toward one of our children if it came home from school with some kind of confused idea in its head. Mm -hmm. Or all we do is get distracted with the battle, and now the energy we need to do something productive is lost in a bunch of bickering, fighting, slandering, swearing and 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 that really is just a sign of a whole bunch of idiots that are going to get themselves in even more trouble yeah that's beautiful that's that's very that's both very it's both very woo woo and very practical because well if if love is woo woo and being an adult and being responsible and realizing that we can't do this by ourselves is woo-woo, then it's woo-woo. Yeah. But if woo-woo means wake up and pay attention, because if you're dividing people, then you're part of the disease. But if you're unifying them, you're a healing force. Mm. And remember, Ken Wilber says rightly, there's a little bit of truth in everything. So there may be a time and a place for vaccinations. Let's just hope we don't have to be in that situation. There may yeah. be a time and a place for all the things we don't like. Hmm. I tell my students, there's no such thing as a bad drug, only an incorrectly prescribed drug. There's no such thing as a bad exercise, only an incorrectly prescribed exercise. Right? There's, only, there's no such thing as a bad religion. There's only confusion about what it really means and what the founders of the religion were really teaching. So, you know, it's very important right now at this time in the evolution of men, we don't really have the room to act toward each other in ways that divide us, which is why this whole racial tension was so disappointing to me, because we should be evolved enough to know that if you just peel the skin off, you can't tell what race anyone is. Yeah. So really, what? Five millimeters below the surface, we're all the same. 
We all mm -hmm. need the same things. We all want the same things. We all want to feel safe. We all want love. We want, all want to enjoy our lives. So people that get into racial issues are actually um, kindergartners that will argue and fight over anything, not realizing um, that they're acting like little children and don't see the truth that's right in front of them. So those people need even more empathy and compassion because they're that much more infantile in their psychological development and their spiritual development. Hmm. <clears throat> All right, I better hurry. Hit me with your question. So this is a fill-in-the-blank question. Uh, you caught me because I'm like thinking, letting that sink in, trying to keep up and let it all sink in. Um, this is a fill-in-the-blank question that I like to ask each of my guests based on everything that you know, anything that you know, and you can elaborate as much as you'd like. Please fill in the blank. Everyone would benefit from knowing. Exactly what I just told you. Paul Check, thank you for joining me today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for sharing. And I think what we can all do together right now is do whatever we love to do to support the awareness and the change we need. So if you like to paint, paint messages that'll help people heal. If you like to podcast, podcast as much truth and wisdom and share resources. If you like to write, write as much as you can to educate people. If you like to rub, rub bodies and go where people that are working hard to make change need some massage to keep the team going. Every one of us has genius and all we've got to do is do a little bit. If each one of us just does a little bit and there's 7 billion of us doing a little bit, that's a lot. Hmm. Right? So part of overcoming the overwhelm is realizing none of us has to move a mountain. But if you get about 7 billion people with a teaspoon, you can move a mountain pretty quick. But one man with a teaspoon will never move a mountain. So I think part of the thing I'd like to close with is don't let it be overwhelming. Just say, what can I do with my teaspoon that's contributing to the solution? And don't get distracted by silliness. And if people want to argue and fight, then that's just the level that they're at. And eventually, if all of us show them by leading by example, eventually they'll catch on because all children do. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. All right. Thank well, you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul check. Holy smokes, man. Going hard in the paint, laying it all out there. You know, now is the time to have these transformative conversations. You know, I, I, I told you at the beginning of this episode, I listened to this a couple of times. Uh, and now you know why you can go back and, and pull little things out of that. Like he just sort of slides in these truths that, that are evident for people who who do a ton of research and really look behind the veil of what we're told and what we're taught. And uh, I just really enjoy this conversation. You know, there are um, there are a couple people that I've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. You know, and Paul Check is he's essential, man. He's essential. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed our conversation. I hope you did too. I want to give a special shout out to Natural Stacks. Natural Stacks is the my favorite supplements my favorite vitamins in the whole wide world open sourced uh, you can they're batch labeled so you know every label is tested if you go to naturalstacks.com stock up on some stuff and use opp15 at checkout you get 15 percent off i think you know by now that all of us should have more vitamin d um 
at least that's what they say, to fight the coronavirus. So go ahead and stock up on some D3, vitamin D from Natural Stocks. Thank you guys for um, for being patient with this episode. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And I've got a couple more cool episodes coming your way. So um, yeah, I will see you all on the internet. Go to optimalperformancepodcast.com and go to seanmccormick.com. Go check out my coaching site. I've been a busy boy with life coaching and I'm, I've got a lot of clients right now and it's a really great thing and it's also spread me a little thin, but I've got all these sick biohacks that I do to kind of keep up, you know, stay chill. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you on the internet.